Now when Jesus saw the crowds, he went up on a mountainside and sat down. His disciples came to him, and he began to teach them. He said, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall obtain mercy. Had a close friend of mine um, battle cancer some time back. We prayed, we prayed, and we prayed and prayed. So, promised myself it wouldn't turn into Ross up here. <laughs> Nothing wrong with that. We prayed, we believed, and we prayed, and we believed. And he fought. But he's at home with the Lord now. Matthew, Matthew 5, 4 says, blessed are those who mourn, excuse me, for they will be comforted. And this kind of seems ludicrous, kind of seems backwards, like what? Like happy are the people who are sad? What? Does that, what does that really mean? First, I believe that it reminds us as believers that we aren't exempt from bad days. And we, we aren't exempt from, from things happening to us, from being wrapped up in, in this world and, and, and actually feeling tragedy, mourning things that happen. But I believe that it gives us hope, hope that God will use all these things for good. Like we, in, 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 this, in this, these tragedies that we walk through, in the situation, circumstance that we endure, we, un, we receive a comfort. We have the ability, the opportunity to receive a comfort from God. And it's wise because you, you, you think, wow, but why is that? Because you've experienced God in this most unique way. We have this opportunity to do that. And, for, and in some strange way, at the backside of it, as we walk through it, and all of a sudden we, we, we feel the strength and we recognize the strength and we understand God is working for my good. That, that, that I am I'm better off walking through this with him. And a simpler way to put this is, is, is one way to say this is this. There is peace even in difficult days because we will experience the provision, purpose, and presence of God. This perspective, it helps us understand the blessings that Jesus is talking about here. It, it, and, and I want to remind you, it, it's, they're, they're, not, they're not prescriptive. You're not prescribing a way for us to live up to. They are descriptive, which means they're describing for us what the kingdom of God is like. And this... This is a significant perspective because all of us, at one point in time, we struggle with and we walk through mourning. We think bad things shouldn't happen to good people. It's a, it's a phrase that we've, either, we've heard often or quite often maybe we've said it ourselves. And truth be told, most Christians, they, they, they think the opposite, that God has obligated himself to keep bad things from happening to his children. Like, have you ever read Job? <laughs> Listen, he's, he's never, he never promised a perfect life on earth. 
Hebrews 11.35 says, there were others. It describes the, the, the turmoil. It describes the, how the body endured and what they endured. And just kind of just give, giving you some highlights through that passage. It says, there were others who were tortured, persecuted, and mistreated. The world was not worthy of them. They, they wandered in deserts and mountains, living in caves and in holes in the ground. Hmm, sign me up for that Christianity. <laughs> no. It goes on to say, these were all, they were all commended for their faith, yet none of them received what had been promised since God had planned something better. He planned something better for us so that only together with us would they be made perfect. Right? Sometimes we, we see these things and we're like, man, wait, wait a minute. Like, like man, God, this, this isn't fair. God, God isn't fair. I agree. God, God isn't fair, and I'm glad that he isn't. I thank God that he isn't fair. I thank, thank, I thank God, thank goodness that God isn't fair, because if he were fair, we would have to pay for our own sins. And we don't, we, don't, we, we don't get what we deserve. Instead, we experience God's undeserved provision in our lives. And, like, and church, listen, we, we got to get our theology straight. We have to understand that, that faith does not spare you or me from pain. And if you think that it does, then you're destined to be disappointed by God. You're destined to be frustrated in your walk of faith. Because everything on earth, it, it's, broke, it's broken by sin. Bad things happen to everyone because we live in a broken and sinful world. Aren't you glad you came to church this morning? <laughs> that hour is going to hit us here in a little bit. God didn't, God didn't want bad things to happen. Like he tried, right? We opened our Bibles. You know, you remember Genesis? He made this perfect world. He made this perfect garden, put perfect people in it. Adam and Eve, and he set it all up, but we chose. We choose. So quite often when we talk about things like this, we think, well, but why doesn't God intervene? We look at the world and the chaos that we see happening around the globe, and we're feeling all the pressures of some of this, and we, we, sometimes we can get confused, and we, we lose our focus, and those questions, they come up. Why doesn't God just intervene? Why doesn't God just do something? Well, God gives us the freedom to choose our way. Each and every one of us have that freedom to choose. And even though some reject God's way, some of us reject God's way. He saw, he saw us in our hopeless condition. That moment that we came to him. He sent Jesus to rescue us from ourselves. And he saves us. He saves us from this brokenness sometimes on earth. And ultimately, our glory we receive is in heaven. 2 Timothy 4, 18 says, the Lord will rescue me from, can't miss that. The Lord is going to rescue me from every evil attack. If, if you need to be rescued, that means you're walking in something heavy. <laughs> you're walking in something that you need to be rescued from. The Bible says, and will bring me safely to his heavenly kingdom. Sometimes we think pain equals something is wrong. Mourning, something is wrong. Turmoil, something is wrong. There's an old proverb, proverb that says, all sunshine brings a desert. 
Because that's what we want. We think, God, I just, I just want sunshine and rainbows. <laughs> but sometimes that just brings a desert. <laughs> I remember I, in construction, I work with a bunch of, bunch of old timers. And they, man, they have a, a million sayings. And most of them I can never repeat from this stage. Um, <laughs> but, but, but there was one old man. And, and I, 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 don't, I don't remember if I said it or somebody else said it around. He said, man, it ain't fair. He said, boy, you want fair? You need to go to Dallas in October. Get all you want. There's a, there's a big Texas fair that happens in, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Get all the fair you want. James 1, James 1, my wife's favorite passage of scripture, Christina's favorite. She, it says, James 1, to consider it pure joy, my brothers, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith develops perseverance. Perseverance must finish its work so that you may be mature and complete not lacking anything. And that's why when we're mourning, it's important for us to remember that God is more interested in our character than he is our comfort. See, when, when, when our faith is strengthened through those trials, it, it results in receiving this, this praise from God. It results in receiving God lifting us up and strengthening us and, and, and ultimately fulfillment. What, what? It's a fulfillment for a greater purpose, a purpose that's, that sometimes we lose our vision of. We, 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 our eyes fall. We got to continue, continuously lift our eyes and focus on him because we have to understand it is all for Christ. We're sitting here this morning because we want to get draw closer to him because we want a spirit of God to fill us and use us. And sometimes God says, I want to use you. And he does say, he does say, I want to use you right in the, in the situation that you are in now. God wants to use it all and he can use it all to reach people for Christ, for him to be revealed in a greater way in our lives. In other words, pain produces <laughs> that, that old adage, no pain, no gain. Yeah, that's true. Sometimes we have to, we walk through these things and glorify God. God is teaching us to, to appreciate the days of mourning here because much will be gained from it and others will be impacted by it. I want you to catch this. Blessed, blessed are the ones who can recognize the purpose of God in all things. In all things. Another reason why this blessing seems so challenging is because we think we know what's best. God, you're kind of doing it wrong, Lord. And, and when we think that way and when we try to walk through life that way, well, after we've given our hearts to him, we say, yeah, Lord, I want you to save me, but I want to keep on doing the things that I, I want to do. I, I want to keep on doing it the way I want to do it. And we lose. We begin to lose our joy in the morning because we don't think God is doing it right. Listen, but God always does it right. <laughs> he, uh, he, as, as we pray and we pray, we pray, God answers. And he says, I'm, I'm going to help you. I'm going to walk with you because he wastes nothing. And there's, there's a lot of prayers that, that I'm thankful to God that he didn't answer for me. There's, there's, a, there's a lot of things that I thought I needed and I thought I wanted, but God said no. And I love that God, I love the, the, the understanding that God always answers our prayers. He either says yes or no, or he says wait. God is always answering our prayers. It's not the, it's not the answer that we want, so we ignore it. 
Listen, Isaiah 55, 8 says, the plan of mine, this plan of mine is not what you would work out. Neither are my thoughts the same as yours. For just as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than yours and my thoughts than yours. God will, God will give you peace and, and the assurance that you need. You can experience the presence of God in such a powerful way. And in time, you can look back. As you trust God, as you keep your eyes, we keep our eyes focused on him, we can look back and we say, God, you are more than enough. God, you are more than enough. You sustained me. You were close. Psalms 34, 18 says, the Lord is close to the brokenhearted. In fact, there's some, probably some of you this morning, maybe some of you watching that, that are brokenhearted this morning, that are, that are in mourning today. You've, you've been here for a while. God's presence, it showed up. It was here. It filled the room. And I pray that it filled the space that you're in right now. And I believe that God is telling us this morning, hey, I got this. I, I got you. I see you. I understand exactly where you are. I know exactly what you need. But let me work it out. Because there's going to be something beautiful at the end of this that's going to come out of you. Just like that story of Gideon. There, there, I, got, I got more for you. I got more than what you see in yourself you can do more in me if you just trust me, if you just walk in me. And some of you may be thinking, as you're watching, some of you hear me, but how, how do we do this? And as I started this morning, I've experienced some of this. I've experienced the provision of God in mourning, in, in just not understanding, God not answering my prayers. But Psalms 46 says, God is our refuge and strength, an ever-present help in trouble. Isaiah 43, 2 says, when you pass through, when you pass through the waters, I will be with you. When you pass through the rivers, they will not sweep over you. When you walk through the fire, you will not be burned. The flames will not, will not be set, will set you ablaze. This, you, see, you hear the action in that? God is calling us to move, to move forward, to continue to pressing, to continue to press on. Isaiah 43, 5 says, don't be afraid, for I am with you. Jeremiah 1:8 says, Don't be afraid of them, for I am with you. I will rescue you, declares the Lord. Come on, Jeremiah 1:19 says, they, they will fight against you, but will not overcome you, for I am with you. Are you hearing me this morning, church? Matthew 28, 20 says, And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. Do we understand that? Are we living our lives that way with the understanding that God is with us, or do we leave them here when we leave? purpose we have purpose God has called us to something we have the opportunity to partner with the creator of everything <laughs> we have the opportunity to partner with the most powerful thing ever known to man or the entire universe he holds it in his hands and we leave him behind when we go on throughout our day the, the greatest thing that we could ever tap into and plug into that will change our lives, that will propel us to do things that are beyond our wildest imaginations, and we leave him aside. You see, God is he's interested in the development of our character. 
but he is also a comforter. He's also the comforter. This, this, is, this is his nature. He, he doesn't, he's not always, don't, don't, and don't, I don't want you to misconstrue. He's not, he's not always concerned with your comfort. He's not always worried about you being comfortable. But he does want you, want you to receive his comfort. We're talking about going, we're talking about walking. We're talking about living a life from mourning to comfort. But it's easier said than done, right? Yeah. It's easier said than done. So let's, 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 let's stand on scripture. Let's stand on what God is, is, is how he's speaking to us through a scripture. 2 Corinthians 1, 3 through 5 says, Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of compassion and the God of all comfort, who comforts us in all of our troubles. Say amen to that. So that we can comfort those in any trouble with the comfort we ourselves receive from God. You catch that? For just as we share abundantly in the sufferings of Christ, so also our comfort abounds through Christ. Skip down a few verses into into verse 8. We do not want you to be uninformed, brothers and sisters, about the troubles we experience in the province of Asia. We were under great pressure, far beyond our ability to endure. Some of you say amen, because that's where you may be this morning. That's okay. So that we despaired of life itself. Indeed, we felt we had received the sentence of death. But this happened, why? That we might not rely on ourselves, but on God who raises the dead. Listen, he has delivered us from such a deadly peril, and he will deliver us again. On him we have set our hope that he will continue to deliver us as you help us by your prayers. We've got to pray for one another. Then many will give thanks on our behalf for the gracious favor granted us in answer to our, prayer, to our prayers of many. We got to, what's what we've got to do? Let's give you some ideas here to stand on as we, as we walk out today, as we let, we let the word of God penetrate our hearts and our minds. Come on, we have to what? We have to refocus on what's happening in me, not to me. We have to refocus on what's happening in me, not to me. 2 Corinthians 1.9 says, but this happened that we might not rely on ourselves, but on God who raises the dead. This goes back to, to last, week mes- last week's messages when, when we can be so self-reliant that, that we actually, we, we think we don't need God. We rely on our, on our self-sufficiency. We rely on, on who we are and our abilities, our options, and we don't need him. And, but we have to recognize that our dependence from God is, it runs deep in us. That, that we, we need him, not every day, we need him every moment of the day. We need him. We need him today. The Bible tells us we can't do nothing about yesterday. Tomorrow has too much worry on its own. We just got to worry about today. So we say, Lord, strengthen us today. Lord, guide us today. Lord, lead us today. Lord, I need you today. I need you right now. Continue to do your work in our hearts. And God wants to develop us. He sees the areas of growth that we need. It's like, it's like we, we all have this connection, right? We, we have sons or daughters or we have nephews or nieces or there's kids around us. And we always ask our kids, hey, wanna do this and do that. I, I know I, I can go into the stories, but I'm, I'm not going to embarrass my boys right now. Jesus. But they're amazing. So is my daughter. Proud of them. 
But the, but the raising part of it, I don't, man, I don't want to do that. You ask your kids to do something. You ask your, your, your family, your kid, the kids around you to do something. I don't, I don't want to do that, man. But you say, no, I'm just trying to teach you something. And, and the kids are like, no, come on, don't be like that. But the, but the reality is that sometimes we can carry that same attitude to the Father. We can, we can have that same mentality and we can miss out. Because the, the, the truth is the one, who, the, one, the one that is leading us and guiding us, the one that we've surrendered to is the one that understands the benefits at the end of the peril. Understands the, the strength that comes with enduring. We can have this attitude. Sometimes with, with, when something's happening to me, we have to understand that God wants to do something in me so that he can better work through me. <laughs> I, I, want us to, I want us just to stand in that. Because when, when sometimes when things are happening to me, you have to understand that God, God, is, God wants to do something inside of you so that he can better work through you to those that are around you. So the best way, the best thing that we can do is pray. That's what we can do is say, okay, God, I, I got to stay connected with you. But we have to understand that we're not, we're, not, we're not praying that, God, deliver me. Deliver me from this trouble, Lord. Take me out of it. No, we're saying, God, what do you want me to see in this? God, what do you want me to learn from this? I love the story of Meshach, Shadrach, and Abednego when Nebuchadnezzar told them, you're going to bow down. You're going to do this. This is the decree. You're going to worship this idol they said no nah, that's not that's not how we live our life that's not who we bow down to we're not about that is what they said and Nebuchadnezzar got so mad he heated up the furnace seven times and he said I'm gonna throw you in this furnace if you don't do it and they said no nah, it's cool we're not about that I love what they said they said listen that our God will save us from the furnace <laughs> but he didn't stop there he said but even if he doesn't he's still God even if he doesn't save me, he's still God. Even if he doesn't heal me, even if he doesn't answer my prayer, even if he doesn't do the things that I think how he should do it, when he should do it, he is still God. And I'm going to surrender and I'm going I'm to give him all that I am. So the question that we need to be asking ourselves is, how is God trying to develop me? And the reality is that your pain this morning for some of you is a jail, is a jail it's a prison. My I want you to hear this my pain is either a jail that imprisons me or a school that shapes me you gotta, re gotta remember that the next thing i want you to the, the second thing i want you to hold on to is remember that god always delivers second corinthians 1 says he has delivered us from such a deadly peril and he will deliver us on him we have set our hope that he will continue to deliver us how could Paul say this in the middle of this situation? How could, how could he be so sure? Because God has done it before. Listen, the best predictor of God's present help is his past faithfulness. It's interesting how we can, we can read scripture and we can look at Israel in the desert. As they wander around in the desert, you're like, oh my God, you guys are hard-headed. Like, man, like you walked through the Red Sea on dry ground. Lord didn't even make you walk through mud. And, and just a few weeks later, you're like, man, I wish we had some meat. Somebody, man, you know, remember back in Egypt? Yeah, they beat us, but at least we got meat. You know what I mean? And, and we can look at scripture. We can look at the Bible and be like, man, you guys are so hard-headed. Church. Church. Has God not been there for you? Has he not brought you through? 
Come on, if he's brought us through then, he's gonna continue to bring us through with whatever we face. Well, wherever you're at, God is faithful. He is the creator of everything. There is nothing impossible for him. At some point in time, that's got to be something that, that moves beyond something that we just repeat and something that we begin to live. It's got to be more than just some, a lyric that we put in a song, but a lifestyle that we choose to live every day. It has to move beyond that. The best predictor of God's present help is his past faithfulness. Last thing I want to give you this morning is we have to rely on solid relationships. 2 Corinthians 1.11, he will continue to deliver us as you help us by your prayers. And many will give thanks on our behalf for the gracious favor granted us in answer to the prayers of many. Taylor, you guys come up here and help me finish. Paul went from mourning to comfort because he had a group of people who helped him. <laughs> he, had, he, had the, he had right relationships. He had people praying for him, agreeing with him, walking with him. How about you? How about you this morning? Are you, are you walking in life alone? Are you, are you sitting in mourning alone? Or do you have people around you? Have you, are you? Are you trusting the body, the body of Christ that we're sitting next to right now? Maybe you know them. They're around you. You might, you might say, well, well, Pastor, I mean, like, like you're blessed, Pastor. Like you, you, have, you have people, you have people around you. Yeah, that's right. I do, I do. I, I, I intentionally have, bring people into my life. I thank God for Pastor Ross. Thank God for Brent. Thank God for the men and women in my life that are, that are spurring me on. They're much smarter than me because I'm learning. Some of you are here by yourself. And you're like, what? what's going on? Listen, you reap what you sow. You can't, you can't have, expect people to walk with you. And as soon as church is over, you, you're running out the door. We talk about group Sunday, and there's a, there's a bunch of amazing people that just that love, that just love people. But you resist it. You don't want to be a part of that. Nah, I'm too busy. Got too many things going on right now. I can't, can't really fit that into my schedule. Paul fitted into his schedule. There's, there's a bunch of people that fit it into their schedule. It's a life that God is calling us to live. You got to get in a group. You got to open up your heart. You got you to start to establish those right relationships in your life. These, great, these amazing people that God has put around us. He's put around you. Right there where you're at. Would you just close your eyes? I want to read something over you from N.T. Wright. And I just want you to listen intently. And we're going to pray. Give, give God another opportunity to do something in your heart. We are to pray that God's kingdom will come and God's will be done on earth as it is in heaven. The life of heaven, the life of the realm where God is already king, is to become the life of the world. 
transforming the present earth into the place of beauty and delight that God always intended. And those who follow Jesus, that's you and me, are to begin to live by this rule here and now. That's the point of the Sermon on the Mount. And these Beatitudes in particular, they are a summons to live in the present in the way that will make sense in God's promised future. Because that future has arrived in the present in Jesus of Nazareth. It may seem upside down, but we are called to believe with great daring that it is in fact the right way up. Try it, try it and see. Lord, we come before you right now. There are some in here, Lord, that are hurting. They're, they've been, they've, maybe you feel like you're stuck in mourning. God's kingdom can come to your realm right now. God, king, God's kingdom can fill your life right now. You can establish yourself, root yourself in the truth of the word. So I just pray over you right now that the Holy Spirit that has been moving this morning will continue to work in your heart and in your life as you release. I want to say what Pastor Ross said again. Holy Spirit, come fill this place. Yeah, we want him to fill these four walls, but, but more importantly, we want him to fill every area of our heart and our life. Would you open your hand? Would you release the grip on that morning this morning? Maybe the morning is, is, is that, that's, that hurt that somebody did to you, the, the betrayal that you have felt. Maybe your morning is that, that wounded yesterday, that, that thing that somebody did to you that's, that's atrocious. Maybe your morning this morning is just, you're just lonely. You need family, you need friends. Would you just open your hands to it this morning and let the Holy Spirit do what he wants to do. Just give it to him. He is able. You can trust him. He is trustworthy. He is gentle. He is kind. And he will take that. And he will begin to change that and bring joy. And bring life to that desert land. And bring love. And heal that wound. And heal your heart. And soften that heart spot. Right now, Lord, in the name of Jesus, Father God, as the body of Christ, just trust you more. And to give it to you, God, would you come in, Holy Spirit, would you do your way? Would you have your way? We say yes to you.